Hey everyone, the Columbus Podcast Awards have released their new poll to vote for your favorite local podcasts. Be sure to vote for Speak Easily with Krista Stoffer for Best Entertainment Podcast and Podcast of the Year. We would greatly appreciate it, and if we win, your vote would make you a part of something awesome. So go vote for us. Click the link in the show description or visit columbuspodcastawards.com. Thanks. It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. To the toothpaste at the tooth fair would bring golden dollars to my children. And it was really convenient. And it was like the first tooth lost, it was this brilliant idea of like, oh, we should do golden dollars, because I was working a show at the Rife. Mm-hmm. And when you parked in the garage and you needed change, that's what they gave it. And so I had like three golden dollars. Yeah, then the teeth started coming out quickly. Uh-oh. Right. And we did. <laughs> it was Christmas Eve we'll afternoon, and they lost a tooth. My husband and I are like, what do I do? And so, as if we didn't weave enough web of lies for the tooth fairy anyway, right. we decided the tooth fairy was taking the night off because it was Christmas Eve. So Santa picked up the slack by taking the tooth, but delivering coins from around the world. Places like Cambodia, where my husband did a mission trip. Kenya, where I did a mission trip. The Netherlands, where my husband studied in college. (laughs) It just, it felt like, you know, the tooth fairy's already here. We were just digging. Right. We're going to have to get out of this one day. And then we learned, get us, just get a lot of silver. I think... Yeah, we had, we ended up having to take one coin from another kid and give it to the younger oh my kid. God. Like, we were really glad when they stopped believing in the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. It helped. It was, it was a really Sig- yeah, significantly. The Tooth Fairy was the first to go. We've talked about this a little bit. Like It feels like the most ridiculous of those, you know, where it's like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's intrusive. I mean, yeah. if you think about the premise of the Tooth Fairy, she comes in your house where you're sleeping, right? Under while your you're pillow, sleeping. while you're sleeping, <laughs> under you're sleeping, your pillow, yeah. to steal right. your body parts. Right? <laughs> How is that not? But she pays you a couple of quarters for it, or how? Whatever. How much did you have the tooth fairy when you were a kid? Yeah. How much did you make? Do you remember? I think it was a dollar. You had a dollar. dollar? Pretty good. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think dollar was was where I was. Really? Yeah. yeah. We Usually in did not quarters. have that tooth fairy. Yeah. We had a dime. Dime. We had a dime until my parents forgot what time, and then I got a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I took a long time to grow like, this. Wait a minute. So. <laughs> but it's also like you hear. Of, I've heard of a couple kids that will get twenty bucks for losing. It's like. That's insane. You didn't do anything. That's insane. <laughs> you did not work for this money. It, it came out of your face. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Out. I thought a lot about this. Yeah. <laughs> you guys had a, a deep web there. Yeah. Did you believe in all of the Santa and Easter Bunny and all of that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my parents have a story of my brother like running downstairs uh, the morning of Easter, like before everybody was awake, mm-hmm. and 
they like they heard him so they like came out of their room and looked over the stairs or whatever and he like went down and found his easter basket and he's like yelling like good job easter bunny good boy is <laughs> he younger yeah, yeah okay so how many years or no he's he's older he he's was older. younger than it wasn't like last week or anything. you sure yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> especially in may right? <laughs> yay easter yeah. bunny you're a month and a half late yeah. <laughs> i'm just making a note we're gonna have to put a, a warning on this from, mm. for our younger listeners that there's do we have a lot of oh, younger spoiler listeners alert. Yeah. So. If we have listeners on this show that are young, they shouldn't be listening. We have listeners in like what was it, the Netherlands or yeah. something like that. Oh, so awesome. I don't know. We might have younger listeners here. There's a lot of language. Santa age listeners. We had Santa on at one point. We did that have was, Santa on. That went well. Yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah. So you did. Where'd you grow up? Um. Born in Chicago, we okay. moved here when I was like 13, and I grew up in Mansfield. Like I Lexington. know Mansfield. Yeah. My bestie's from Mansfield. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you go to, what's the high school out there, Lexington High School? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What year did you graduate? <laughs> 99. Silas Bowers. Yeah, I know Silas. I know Silas. Yeah. Good. I don't know why I remember from 25 years ago yeah. almost that Silas Bowers is from Lexington, but wow. I remember that. What I'm amazed is that it has nothing to do with Otterbein in this case. It does. He went to Otterbein. <laughs> <laughs> nice. we, I don't mean to put as many Otterbein people on here, but we're a weird family. family yeah, and we're to. right here. Yeah. So he makes fun of me like everybody's got an Otterbein. I'm like, no, they don't. Yeah, kind of. They sort of do. Yeah, it does. What did you do after high school then? Um, I So like in high school, that's when the whole music thing started. Mm -hmm. and were you in a band? I was. What yeah. was your band name? Yeah. Something said. That was, was the band. That was the band. Oh, not like something. something I can't remember the name of. Said, yeah. No, okay. That, that was said. the band name. Yeah. What did you play? It wasn't great. I was the uh, singer and guitar player. All right. So. What was the mood? Um. Or the genre. We were like uh, uh Hmm. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was alternative <laughs> rock. We okay. really dug Radiohead. Okay. Um, so it was. Did you cover or did you write that. your own? We wrote, yeah, okay. original. Yeah. Okay. So like the angsty yeah, yeah. late Especially teenage. Yeah. Yeah, late teenage angsty. <laughs> Say you listen so. to a lot of radio hit pinks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, definitely. Did you do like weird hair things or did you dress no. like a thing? No, not, I mean, not too great. I think I had the frosted tip thing because it wasn't, didn't everybody know? Yeah, yeah, that was the thing, right? It worked on like two people, <laughs> exactly. Uh -huh. I wasn't one no. of them. I've seen pictures once in a while. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> why? I did the sun in, it didn't work on my hair, yeah, and now it was like red. There was no sun in. I'm not sure what the sun did, but right. it didn't do that. Yeah. So you were 99. Yeah. And yeah. did you guys then, I mean, because Lexington's not huge. No. It's kind of like a side city of Mansfield, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's small. Okay. I don't remember the exact population number, but yeah, okay. it's, it's definitely small, which is what led a lot of us to music because there wasn't a lot going on there. It was like true. you go to the mall, the movie theater, um, once in a while, Columbus. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and yeah. Otherwise, it was like we had a music store okay. um, near Mansfield named uh, Metro Music. Mm -hmm. So everybody would, everybody went and took lessons there. It was like, thing, oh, okay. You know? Especially at that time, guitars were huge and everything. So yeah, yeah. We so, all wanted to rock it out. Yeah. Did you start on guitar then? I did. That was yeah. your first instrument ever. Yep. A piano yeah. or like? No. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't into the piano because I thought it was going to all be like Mary had a little lamb. Stuff. I mean, kind it's of, at least small. to start. <laughs> right, yeah, to start. Yeah. And that happened with guitar, too. That uh, I tried it 
before we moved to Ohio. Okay. And I wanted to do what Marty McFly was doing at Back to the Future. Oh, and yeah. they wanted me to, you know, actually play. learn. Mary had a little land. Yeah. It's not me playing a guitar. No. <laughs> so, no. You're like, come on, folks. Yeah. I lost, like, touch with it the first time. Yeah. And then uh, my brother introduced me to Pearl Jam in my early ah, teens, and that was okay. it. So, yeah. The Pearl Jam. The Pearl Jam. The Pearl Jam. Yeah. Were you into Pearl Jam, Ben? Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say, like, it wasn't, like, a band that I was, like, I had all their albums of. Yeah. But, like, if they came on, I was definitely jamming out You were into it. it. Yeah. I tried to hate them. I had a, a boyfriend. I tried real obsessed. hard to dislike the, the grunge rock as much as yeah. I could. I don't know. It just seemed too, too grungy for me. I was a yeah. little more in the, I don't know. I was a mobile DJ at the time, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, but now I listen back to it and it's good stuff. Man. It was good right. stuff. I appreciate a lot of music now yeah. that I didn't then. I think I was making dinner with the kids last night. Notorious Big comes on. I was like, oh, Alexa, turn down by five. Alexa, turn down <laughs> immediately by five. <laughs> like, ah. Go to 50. Minus 50. Because <laughs> uh, we were 98, so we were very close to your Awesome. Your yeah. Cool. And we're, we're from here in Columbus. Yeah. So. Wow, it's a small town. Yeah. 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 And then what did you do? Uh, so I wanted to do music, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know, like, all that I knew was Pearl Jam was doing it, you know, or <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I wonder if they know how many people they influenced. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we were making our second record. The first one that we did was, like, in a buddy's basement kind of deal. And do you remember the title? Of the first record? Mm-hmm excessive okay <laughs> yeah, was it was excessive <laughs> yeah man yeah good times recalling your high school music yeah, <laughs> yeah. we all have them though i'm right. pretty sure oh yeah 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 the moments uh-huh. back on. so many cringe moments yeah mm-hmm. you have to get one i know oh i have none at all i'm a musical theater nerd i have so yeah. many i can't yeah. I yes, used to but you've write, embraced yours. I have like, embraced yours. Yes, yeah. this is what I've done. Right. There was yeah. um, there was a cringe moment. I actually brought it up with a friend of mine that uh, a couple comedian friends did a nightly, like a weekly salon mm. where you would come and read your embarrassing diary and journal entries yeah. from when you were a kid. And I found this very poetic one. Um, my first boyfriend that I wasn't really, it wasn't really going anywhere. Mm. And I was sad about that fact. We had just gone to see Aladdin. Yeah. Romantic movie. Yeah. 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 And I I went home and wrote in my diary, like, I want to be in a whole new world with someone. (laughs) 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 And reading back and it's like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> but you're, but you're it's there. cringing from your diary. That's like your personal cringe zone. That yes, like, it was. But why would we, why would you even go that cringy? Like, <laughs> do we have to quote an animated movie to express our feelings? You were feeling it. I did. Yeah. I did. I was feeling. Yeah. Very much Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't have a band. I think a lot of a lot of my friends did. Yeah. They weren't great. Right. But everybody somehow picked up an instrument. Yeah. Like junior senior year yeah like it was yeah an interesting time i don't think it's like that now and yeah no. yeah i observed some of that because uh, a studio i work at here in town which like we'll probably talk about but mm-hmm. um yeah we we have music lessons on one half of it oh i don't see the same like culture that i did at that huh. time you know? but I, music shifted so much they, i mean so. it has yeah. yeah and there's 
I sound old. This is going to just make me sound old. I don't love the music that comes out anymore. It's a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's not rock as right. much anymore. We yeah. had rock. We had the influences of rock. And then we had our 90s style. Yeah. There's not a lot that came out of the 90s, but there was some damn good music in there. So I saw a, um, an image that okay. um, uh, it was within, I think it was 44 days, Guns N' Roses, User, User Illusion 1 and 2 yeah. came out. Pearl Jam's 10, Nirvana's Nevermind, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Magic. I'm saying that right. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah. yeah. That's a thing. yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, that's enough, but I think there was another one in that oh. list. But it was within 44 days. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. oh, Metallica's Black Album. That was the other one. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah, nuts. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I, I, in the 90s, I thought of it as we didn't have that much new stuff, but now looking back at it, we had a lot Constant. of really cool stuff yeah. that came out. Mm -hmm. Influenced a lot of stuff. <laughs> like cool records. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I don't get that vibe from modern music as much. Right. I don't I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But yeah. I don't know. Or yeah, maybe exactly. we just had so much good stuff that we didn't want to let go of it. <laughs> or maybe we're just old and nostalgic. That's you know? probably yeah. it. Yeah. We're just yeah. we kids yeah. these days and mm -hmm. yeah. yelling at clouds, you know? Yeah. But, Do you yell at clouds? Yeah. I uh, frequently don't you? Yeah. <laughs> no. That's weird. That clouds. Like... <laughs> it's super no. weird that you don't yell at clouds. Do you? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah, of course. What am I missing out on? <laughs> First of all, it's a Simpsons reference. Oh, okay. <laughs> Old man yells at cloud. Yeah. That makes this sense. picture of Abe Simpson yelling at cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now I'm there. All right, yeah. all right. Yeah. I thought yeah. I was really an idiot. Yeah. There, is, there is a whole thing about, uh, I, there's studies done about when, um, your brain's forming in your, you know, teenage years. Mm -hmm. uh, the music that you're listening to at that time will be the music that you love you for stick the rest with? of your life. Yeah, because there are people now that are that swear by like you know whatever they listen to. Avery, you're a good example. Yeah. What did fun. you listen to in high school? Like, what what's the most influential music musician you can name to <laughs> oh, you? Oh boy. Oh god. Well, this is weird because I'm like that late '90s generation where like a lot of us listens like you know some like Green Day, My Chemical Romance, stuff yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. But then we had the other kids who are in like the new like trap rap music kind of thing with like Travis Scott and stuff that like makes my ears bleed. So I don't yeah. know. It depends yeah. on who you ask from my generation. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah. We like Green Day a lot. Cool. Green Day's a good choice. Well, yeah. Green Day has a long career. That's yeah, they do. At, yes, true. But yeah, the kids, yeah. I have, I'm teaching high school kids right now, they're talking about Nirvana. Yeah. So Nirvana's making, and they're wearing the shirts, and I really want to ask, like, do you know yeah. who Nirvana is? Right. right. And they do. It's Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think about this sometimes, too, because that would have been, like, when we were in high school, mm -hmm. liking Led Zeppelin. Yeah. That's fair. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Led Zeppelin seemed ancient when we were in high school, at least. To yeah, me. they did. Yeah, I thought they were dinosaurs. Yeah. You know? And now yeah. as an adult, I feel more connected to Led Zeppelin, mostly uh -huh. because you hear it like every time you turn on any classic rock station. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But when it's become classic rock, is now eighties, nineties, two thousands. It's like yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Right. Right. Yeah. So we're Ow. bodies. That's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So then you, once you left high school, like what was your mm. After there. Yeah, so we like right after I graduated, uh, was in my first year of college, and I was doing computer programming. Um, okay, where'd you uh, go? Ohio State. Okay. Um, the branch in Mansfield, mm -hmm. uh, and that was definitely a um, a thing. Like my parents really wanted me to try college, so yeah. I was like, I want to do music. I don't know how, but I want to do music. Mm -hmm. And they're like, please give college a shot while you 
figure that out or whatever, yeah. right? And rightfully, like, I, you know, totally get it. And also, they're the most supportive people ever. Like, they were Good. so supportive of our band and, Aww. you know, we're 18 years old and they're looking, like, helping us get to Detroit to play shows and everything. How cool. So, um, but yeah, they, they really wanted me to try that. So I was yeah. at Ohio State for computer programming and we started making our second record. Uh, Which was called? A Tot de Prix. Which is... Huh? Uh, it's French for state of mind. Okay. Which was one of the songs on the record. Classy. Very clever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were making our second record at John Schwab recording down mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was by the river at that point before yeah. they changed buildings and stuff. And uh, just beautiful, beautiful studio. Mm-hmm. And it was like the biggest one I had been in at that point. And it was this you know, big, inspiring you know, experience. Mm-hmm. But around like the third session, um, we were there. It was like, tell the story a lot but it was like a tuesday like 11 in the morning mm-hmm. and uh the engineer who's in columbus hill uh owns relay recording now john fennell was working with us and uh i remember like somebody was doing overdubs and it was just kind of like observing everything and he was using a very early version of pro tools mm-hmm. which is like software just for yeah. making music and um he it was like version five which is a long time ago so this is probably like 2000 2001 mm-hmm. and uh it's like dinging in my head. I'm like, I love computers. And mm. I want to use them to make music. And then I'm like watching him work and then like looking at the clock again. And I was just like, uh, John, we're here at like 11 on a Tuesday. Is this your job? He's like, you're paying me money. And it's 11 <laughs> on a Tuesday. It's my job. <laughs> you yes. know? It's like, right. How huh. do I do this? <laughs> okay. Whatever. So that like, you know, after that session, I kind of went home and started, you know, scouring with, my dial-up internet to find out like <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. where do i study this you know okay. and at the time there were um i wanted specifically to study you know, like whatever was going on with pro tools because mm-hmm. i was you know merging computers and music right. was like yeah. jackpot so there were two schools in the country it was full sale and a mm-hmm. place called the conservatory of recording arts those were the only two places you could learn pro tools at the time Oh my gosh. So okay. now, you know, yeah. you can go to kind of any community college right. and there's some sort of audio engineering mm-hmm. program. So full sale was very expensive and four years long, had a lot of like the elective stuff that I mm-hmm. didn't want to be doing at regular yeah. college. The conservatory was like a year long, but it was like recording boot camp. So it was like okay. around the clock. All you're going to learn mm-hmm. is like recording and you're going to be awesome at the end of it. So I was like, that sounds good. That okay. sounds a lot cheaper. Where was it? In uh, Tempe, Arizona. Okay, so you go to Florida or something. yeah, yeah, Florida, okay. Arizona, and I have kind of always wanted to go west anyway. Okay, very, you know, nineties thing to want. <laughs> so, yeah, it was I get that. Yeah, I get that. I yeah. came from the west, so I didn't quite have that, but okay, yeah. Where where did you? Denver. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm here. Nice. When did you move here? I was seven. Didn't have a lot of yeah. say in the matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have much more. It was uh, from Chicago. Yeah, 12 or 13 from mm-hmm. Chicago. So. What brought the family over? Uh, my dad got a job. Sounds like you're an immigrant. What brought yeah, yeah, the family yeah. all the way from oh, Chicago? Well, I'm first generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Ohio. Um, yeah, uh, my dad got a job in a town called Galleon, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, um, a brilliant engineer and like okay. designs um, construction machinery. Okay. So, um, yeah works in like CAD and stuff like that. Does he but, still do that? Yeah. Yeah. For him. He's, yeah. He's, I mean, much smarter than me. But, um, 
Yeah, he got a job at a company that was building construction equipment mm-hmm. and, and galleon as okay. a designer. So yeah. nice. We moved here from Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. All right. My brother was not excited. Uh, quick, quick, funny story. When we, he left, he was in seventh grade, I think, and oh. uh, their field trip, the last field trip of the year, was to go to Fermi Lab and watch them split an atom in seventh grade. Oh, he came awesome. here. That is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. He came here and it's like eighth grade science and the teacher comes up to the front and they're like, all right, who can tell me what an atom is? He's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so he was not happy to be in Ohio no. at all at that no. point. And a little yeah, step back there. Definitely. And he was very, uh, very into school. and very. What does he do these me. days? He's a computer programmer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that technology, computer science has always kind of been in the family yeah. blood, it sounds like. And that was the other thing. It was, uh, you know, music and we had computers and we mm-hmm. were figuring out how to play games with each other online and mm-hmm. make our computer faster. So we learned how to build computers because of video wow. games and okay. all of that. Yeah. Not just the Oregon Trail then. Right. Or MS yeah. Paint. Was that what it was called? Yes. Yeah. Well, I used Print Shop myself. Oh, yeah. did you? Yeah. I was on an Apple IIc. Oh, fancy pants over yeah. there. Yeah. So. We didn't have that. Yeah. yeah. MS Paint was, that was super advanced at the time. And also super in advance, too. I yeah. also used Corel Draw. That was my first design program I ever, I ever picked up, ever. It was just, it was, it was like an old vector-based Ben's a visual artist. Yeah, right. I had none of that. I think we had something called like Kid Picks or something. You could just put stickers all over. That tracks. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that tracks, is, still that tracks with your design sensibilities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why I don't do it. Stick with what I know these days. Right. Oh. Thank you. Stickers. Yeah. I keep it simple. All right. I'm not getting fancy over it here. Works. Ben's like, please don't, please don't, stop, stop now, yeah, no. But anyway, so so you go for engineering yeah. and yeah. into that and did yeah. the program, did Arizona, did you come right back? No, uh, they had an internship program um, and they would place their interns in studios mm-hmm. around the country. So they okay. basically said, you know, I would like to go to the studio and then they would try to place you there. Okay. So there was a studio in San Diego that mm-hmm. I wanted to go to, and they were, you know, doing a bunch of big records at that time. Uh, and I went and interviewed with them before the school program had ended. I went out to San Diego, interviewed with the manager. They said, "Yeah, everything's cool. Um, just have him call us when he gets here." Mm-hmm. So I pack up everything, get an apartment in San Diego, and move out there. I call them the next day, and they're like. Hey, uh, we're not taking interns for the next six months. So give us a call in six months, and we'll see if we have an opening. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, yeah, after an angry call to the school and everything, uh-huh. uh, they placed me at another studio in San Diego. Oh my gosh. And this studio was more of like a local, regional band kind of thing, mm-hmm. whereas the other one was doing like major label prop. Yeah. Like they had done like the big Blink One Eighty Two record at that okay. time and stuff. So uh, they placed me at this other studio because they could take me right away mm-hmm. and without me commuting to LA, um, right. that, was, that was a good option. So that was in Ocean Beach and it was a block away from the ocean, which was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that They were making a bunch of like ska punk records yeah. at the time. Yeah. And there was a label that had blocked out the studio for pretty much the whole time I was, at the, I was there. And the owner of that studio was also the lean engineer and he got sick 
a couple of weeks after I got there. Okay. And basically he was like, hey, uh, intern boy, that's what they, they called me. He was like, you're promoted. <laughs> I'm not like coming to work oh right now. Oh my gosh. So I started doing all the overdubs and everything for those records. And then that eventually. What bands? Do you mind me asking? Yeah, there was, oh, great story. There's a band called The Yucks <laughs> at the time. And the label promoted them as the world's worst band. So wow. yeah, that was their, huh. their whole goal was like, wow, we're going to, we're going to teach people that these are the, the worst like players ever. Huh. And the songs were so raunchy. It was like, it was intense. But, uh, one funny story is the bass player had a very, um, very distorted face because he had obviously been in some sort of accident. Okay. So that was, I just assumed he was in a car accident yeah. or something like that. <clears throat> didn't make a thing out of it or talk about it, because why would you? <laughs> What's and, wrong with your face? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Not like, something you want to go around saying. <laughs> we're doing bass overdubs one time, like late at night, and we're like, I'm, I'm doing an edit or something, and he's like, hey man, when are you going to ask me about my face? And I was like, I... I wasn't planning on it. Do you want to like Dude, you know? Stuff that might be awkward. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, I'll tell you. And I was like, okay. And apparently, what happened? There was um, this popular activity that they liked called elevator jumping. And what they would do is they would go up to the top floor, or they would go. Let's say it's like a six-story building. Yeah. They would go to like floor three open the elevators, if it was an elevator shaft on with a door on both sides, uh -huh. they would pry the doors open. And then somebody would go to the top of the building and someone would be, be at the bottom of the building and they would call the elevator uh, up and then like the person would call it down. And before it came down, you had to jump across the elevator shaft. I don't know why or what drugs were involved with this, mm -hmm. but he didn't make it across. So <laughs> he's like, that's what happened in the face. It's like, yeah, it makes sense you're the bass player for the yuck. This is on track. How is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. So that was a very interesting record. Wow. Yeah. Anxiety peaked at I know. Elevator jumping. Yeah, elevator right. jumping. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Then yeah, again, look at what TikTok does and yeah, Tide right. Pods and yeah, yeah. all that. Yeah. We never really have achieved intelligence. Challenge. Right. What's the milk crate challenge? People stack milk crates on top of each other in a single row. Okay. So, and then they try to climb up to the top of the triangle and back down without it crashing. It doesn't Smart. stay together. No. So, yeah, people get pretty hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite elevator jumping danger, but it's not smart. Wasn't there one that you got outside of your car while it was still running or something? And yeah. Oh, yeah. You ghost ride the whip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is wrong with Oh, man. But elevator jumping? Yeah. I wish TikTok was around during that time. But do you? <laughs> I don't do know. You? Really <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really glad yeah. it wasn't. I'm thankful right. that social media was not a thing yeah. when we were growing up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. A lot that uh, I'm glad never, never will be. Yeah. 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 Forever on camera. <laughs> right. Yeah, and we don't have that stress. Or we didn't have that We have stress. our own stresses. We just yeah. have our memories, which are sometimes worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We grow our living on. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, so then, <laughs> what what took you back here then? What, what brought you to Columbus? Yeah. So I was um, I was working at that studio and I would do like a couple freelance gigs here and there mm -hmm. in LA and stuff. And um, when that internship was over, uh, my apartment was month to month, but it was I think at the time it was like seven fifty um, a month, and I like I had to get paid. And, mm -hmm. uh, they they couldn't afford to hire me on. 
So I, there was something about like when I would do the freelancing stuff in LA and like even some interactions in San Diego, I, it was just the Midwest in me. I think I just didn't connect with people mm -hmm. there. Um, the more like there was always, I felt like every uh, interaction and relationship always had like something tied to it and mm -hmm. like, what can you do for me? Yeah. Or whatever. Whereas here growing up in a small town, it was just like, do you, do you want to go to the cornfield and hang out? <laughs> you know, it's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, that didn't happen in LA? No. <laughs> None of that. No yeah. couch, I think. Yeah. So I just, I felt like I wasn't forming meaningful relationships and it was also like my first time away from home. So I think there was just a lot of that, like, you know, stress and all mm -hmm. that. Um, but I, I wanted to come back. And one of the things um, that I really missed, like there's, there, especially at that time, there were bands everywhere and mm -hmm. obviously LA and, you know, San Diego, there's plenty of musicians, but um, I didn't feel the sense of community. Uh, that band I was in that, that made the, the record at John Schwab, we were playing mm -hmm. in Columbus a lot. Mm -hmm. And that was because there was such an amazing music scene here. Yeah. So ever since I was 17, I was like, that was my first gig in Columbus was uh, Condado is now on fifth and high or whatever. What was it like, then? Th it was called the high five at that time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it went through a couple no. venue changes no. before becoming Condado's. But, yeah. Yeah. Like going to get tacos now. I'm like, oh, when the stage was like, over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, I missed the community of the Columbus mm -hmm. music scene mm -hmm. and uh, it was, I just thought it was a, incredibly special and um that theme continued to happen over my career too like i moved away a couple other times and um that was just something i never found in other cities was hmm. like the camaraderie of those bands and there's yeah. like some clickiness to it too but like there was yeah there was just a really good good scene here that i wasn't finding mm -hmm. there so even in mansfield too like there were tons of bands in mansfield ohio hmm. and it was you know, because we had a guitar store and then yeah. there's a movie theater, so what else do you want to do? Or but, yeah, what should I do today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I called my parents kind of freaking out about it. I'm like, they can't afford to hire me. I can't mm -hmm. afford this lease. And um, they were like, if you want to come home, well, uh, my band used to practice in the basement. They're like, mm -hmm. we could gut the basement and turn it into a studio. You could design it and we'll, we'll help you get started. Wow, very cool. So I was like, that actually sounds really good. I miss all the bands back there and mm -hmm. they would let me cut my teeth more yeah. um, instead of like, you know, starting over at another studio mm -hmm. in LA and being the janitor for a while and all that. So uh, I moved back and ran a studio for, um, I think it was four years before I started doing a few other things, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. What did you call it? Uh, doll set recording. Aw. So, yeah. Doll set tones. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A There's the poetic coming out. It wasn't an Aladdin <laughs> reference. So <we> could <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you nice. did it just out of the basement, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was, it was fun. My, again, my parents were amazing because I had like death metal bands coming in at eight mm -hmm. o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. and my dad's trying to watch TV and the paintings are like rattling <laughs> on the walls with double bass drums and <laughs> screaming. And... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. He would have to crank it. He was, he never complained though. Are they musicians? My mom is a musician. What does yeah. she do? She was a singer. Okay. Yeah, in a band when we were very, very little. She like in a band band? Yeah, yeah. What kind of? Uh, they were doing like a cover thing. I okay. Think, but it was like, it was all rock. Nice. And yeah, yeah. So you were raised on that then? Yes. Yeah, okay. raised on Led Zeppelin. So, yeah. Very good. I was a Beatles kid. Nice. Yeah. 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 Well, dad's side knew. Mom was an opera singer, so things were a little different on that. Yeah. My mom was not into pop stuff. So okay. So I wasn't introduced to the Beatles until way late. Yeah. 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 Mom had some interesting choices. She liked meatloaf. 
Yeah. It was like opera. And... I can see that connection though. Opera and meatloaf. Or, he is theatrical. Not, yeah, he's yeah. very theatrical. Yeah. Yeah. But so is Bowie. Very true. And that never yeah. happened. I had to get into Bowie on my own. Yeah. Nobody, nobody opened that door for me except Labyrinth. Mm. Uh, Bowie kind of opens that door for everybody. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But you got to find it on your own. Yeah. Timing. Well, if one day you sort of discover Bowie and you're like, oh my God, I love this. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't this get half of what's happening, but I don't like it. Yeah. 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 I tried to get the kids into Space Oddity and they were just like, this is just weird. I'm like, you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> They're not there yet. Yeah. Who are your go to artists? Who do you listen to? Uh, now? Because I know you have to listen to a lot. Yeah, um, there's a artist named Sone. It's like it's spelled like John, but with an S instead of a J mm-hmm. on it. That's one that I I love, and okay. it's um, it's very very moody, but it's an amazing mix of acoustic and electronic stuff. Okay, it's yeah, I really really like right. that guy. Great vocalist too. Okay, so, yeah. All right, what else? Yeah. Um, I, I listen to so much to stay with trends for mixing. Yeah, um, that's true. But, do you like any like more modern artists? Yeah. Um, what do you like that's out now? Uh, definitely love Kendrick Lamar. Mm. Um, that'd be, yeah, on the hip hop side. Yeah. Uh, Childish Gambino, I like mm-hmm. a lot. Um, man. Uh, I had a lot of run in things with 21 Pilots, and I okay. think that what they're doing. Um, is pretty interesting, mm-hmm. uh, but there's there's more to it than the music that interests me, too. I think that they're making cool stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, they have something going on the theatric side that I think is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's like a tie-in between every record. And, and local boys too. Yeah, and the yeah. local boys. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Who's... I heard of them like before all of that when they were like a three-piece, and mm-hmm. a friend gave me a demo and was like, "Man, come to the show with me." And I was like, Take the demo. I'm busy that night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'll catch him another show no, or whatever. They're yeah. not gonna make it anywhere, right? Yeah, it's boys and <laughs> right. young children. Right. They're gonna yeah. do anything. Yeah, the who's, next record I heard was good. But, who yeah. is your favorite that you've ever recorded with? Oh, uh, I know it's like choosing children. An artist named Buggy. Okay. Yeah, um, B U G G I E, and uh, she's incredible. She, um, she was in a band from Columbus named the Fantots. Uh, hmm. This would have been like 2010s. Okay. Uh, but they were doing really well and able to, you know, play packed out shows at mm-hmm. the Newport and stuff, and, which is kind of like a milestone for Absolutely. local here. And, yeah. Um, that band ended. She moved to LA for a graphic design job there, hmm. uh, saved up a bunch of money. And basically when she was working with the Fantods and with another project after that, she was always getting frustrated because she had to lean on everybody else for, like she wasn't, I don't think that she was playing any instruments at that time. Mm-hmm. She was a singer, an amazing one that would uh, get like hired out singing gigs for sessions and everything, mm-hmm. but she didn't have a means to like complete songs herself. Yeah. Uh, and every time that she had an idea, she felt like she couldn't fully be heard or mm-hmm. she wasn't being heard. So she saved up a bunch of money at that job and then quit that job so that she could teach herself Ableton, uh, which is another production software, and piano and production, and write her own record. She oh wanted gosh. to make her own record. Okay. So she did that, and it was incredible. And she um, she she had like this other idea I'll talk about in a second, but she made a, 
she got basically she wanted to do everything herself and she mm -hmm. got to the mixing phase and then she was frustrated because she couldn't get it to sound right. what was in her head but she was happy with the production so she made an entire one page um with the demos of the song an outline of the project exactly what she was going for the themes that were tied into it and her entire plan for it and she posted out um that she was searching for a mixing engineer mm -hmm. and i had like i guess we were facebook friends i didn't know her but mm -hmm. um i saw it on facebook the posting for it and i just like clicked it to go check it out and i was completely blown away that an artist had taken this much okay. time to put something together that had the vision spelled out like that mm -hmm. That was like something I um, tried. I mean, we all try to do this as producers and mm -hmm. content creators and everything. We tried, like, if we have a client, we try to understand their vision of mm -hmm. it and everything. But when um, when you work with a client that doesn't have a clear intention and you have to like pull it out of them or mm -hmm. try to find what that is, it can be kind of exhausting. And to see somebody put so much effort into putting out the intent of their music. Mm -hmm before finding the right person like yeah. she was definitely searching for the right person for it right. so she um she basically interviewed a bunch of mixing engineers to talk to them about like records that they had made and stuff mm -hmm. and then like what their interpretations of songs were and stuff and we had a it wasn't wow. like a long call but like we had a, a call about it because i after i heard it i like loved the music and mm -hmm. reached out and was like i want to mix this what kind of stylish um it's a cross between billy eilish and ariana grande okay very artsy uh, okay. Yeah. And the Prodigy, too. There's like mm. Prodigy mixed in. Okay. That's, yeah. It's very, very interesting. But uh, it has shiny pop moments and then very dark and mm -hmm. crazy, like fast moments and okay. all that. Uh, but yeah, like the conversation went well and I was in love with the project. I was like, I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to mix this or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she, uh, she decided to go with me and she flew to Ohio because she still has family here. Mm -hmm. And part of this, this vision that she had was to build, um, basically, uh, sculptures of, for each song. So she made like these little diorama and like clay, um, wow. sets or whatever for each of them. And mm -hmm. then she would film like stop motion things for every song. And she, like her vision was like, these will be the videos and whatever format I end up doing those. And okay. it was just insane because I would see she would come to the mix session after she had built a little bit and shown me pictures mm -hmm. and it was like giving this visual feedback of what was in her head about like the song. So I was using that as like inspiration for the mixing and okay. it was incredible. Like it was uh, six months of, of that record. We, we worked on it for six months, like in, you know, not like day after day, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, every time. And wow. the, the journey of that, like it was such an immersive artistic experience for me that I actually started, um, having synesthesia at night when I would fall asleep after working on it all day. What is that? Uh, so it's when you see color based on audio, uh, like auditory response. Oh, wow. So, like if you hear a song and you're like, that looks orange. And I had heard of people having that, but I had never experienced that before. And it was um, just being like so in depth on that record was, mm -hmm. was incredible. And it was like that. So absolutely, that was my favorite record that I've worked wow. on. Wow, I've never so, heard yeah. of that before. Yeah. Is it just that it's translating it into a color? I like, think, yeah, your brain just kind of translates things. Like um, some people, um, I hear it a lot with mixing engineers, but uh, they'll say like guitars sound green to me, or like the the bitiness of a guitar. If I hear bitiness, I think green for some reason. Or, like, hmm. They'll think that synths are purple or something like that. It's really funny. I've never heard of that. Yeah. We, there's, there's like a nerd joke among mixers where we have like our console tape on the, on the board, if you're mm -hmm. working on a big console 
and you'll write the track name above the fader for what it is. And there's like arguments about like, are the drums going to be the orange Sharpie or the brown Sharpie or the black Sharpie? It's really nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> like people actually like, they're like, they no, dude, that. drums are orange. <laughs> really? Know? Yeah. Does yeah, that happen all the time? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think everybody has it. And I, I had been doing it for 20 years before I had that experience of like, I am seeing colors while I'm listening to this. This is weird or whatever. But I was really like down the rabbit hole with that. That's record, insane. So. Yeah. Doesn't always happen. Doesn't happen with musical theater people that I'm aware of or else I've missed out on something for a long time. I'd imagine that there's similar, similar ties though. Like when you get really into a role or something that. I don't know. Are you diving pretty heavy? I don't know. Yeah. I don't see things. <laughs> <laughs> could be that I have something wrong in my brain. <laughs> or I could. I mean, we could go both ways on this. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's fun. I, you know what? Now that I think about it, I have heard of certain artists who think, say, like they write their music, and they mm. see color. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about like foods? You know, do you think you could like taste certain foods while you're recording? That Wouldn't that be fun? Be... I wish other senses happened. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like your the brain dr- just mixes up. The drums things. are like carbs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like plates of nachos. Wow. Turn those down. <laughs> yeah, right. It's making you or sick. Up. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. So what? Yeah. What bands have you worked with? What have been kind of your like? Yeah. I worked with these people because we all have uh, our bragging rights. So what are yours? Oh, the name drop. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Spencer Sutherland's a big one. Um, he he was from Pickerington mm-hmm. and. Uh, is now doing the LA pop star thing and touring the country and doing okay. really well. He was on a couple of like Simon Cowell shows um, that oh. they were using to like break him. Um, and then, yeah, he was he was a really fun one. Um, I just worked on a, a record from an artist named Jack Harlow that the single on that record has been at number one on Billboard for four weeks. I think, okay, so that was toss toss, awesome. well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah all right. Awesome. I didn't I didn't mix that. Or anything, but I recorded drums mm-hmm. and some vocals on other songs. You had a part of it. You made that happen. It was fun to be a part of. Yeah. 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 So when an artist comes to you in the studio, like how? Do, I mean, it is probably like a got to meet, got to make sure this is the right person. Like, how do you determine that? Yeah, uh, a lot of it. Yeah. In the beginning, it was like person needs recording, call studio. Mm-hmm. Engineer says sweet. There's work I won't Thank start you. today. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, come in. Um, now I have uh, some other things, um, other other companies I'm working with, and other things that I'm I'm doing uh, as well as record production. So uh, mixing takes up a lot of my time right now, and usually that conversation is hearing the rough mixes from the artist. Uh, if somebody like reaches out and, mm-hmm. and says like I want you to mix my record. Um, I usually ask to hear of like whatever they have that they've been working on and make sure I'm a good fit for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. People have, have styles that they do really well in mm-hmm. and uh, others that they don't. So I'm not a particularly great death metal mixer, for example. Like things start sounding very artificial to me and mm-hmm. it distracts me from the song. And I, yeah, it like doesn't gel well with me. So something like that. Now I'm fortunately in a position where I might say like, I'm not the right guy for this, but mm-hmm. I know this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, if it's something I connect with, then uh, I'll usually say like, "This, you know, let's figure this out and hop on a call or like come to the studio or whatever mm-hmm. it is." But we'll have a conversation where I'm basically asking a lot of the questions, like the buggy record of like, mm-hmm. "How did this come about? What right. are the songs about? What's important yeah. to you as an artist?" And 
stuff that you wouldn't think is important when it's just like you're just mixing the record it's a sonics just make it sound good you're telling a story yeah so yeah. It's, it's trying to understand where they're coming from um because it informs things like uh like with buggy she would have songs that were very um very poppy and that mm -hmm. was like the ariana grande and her mm -hmm. like poking out but then she had these dark like kind of twisted songs that was the prodigy and billy eilish things mm -hmm. coming out of her and yeah. um kate bush things and all that so it was like kate bush and the new rise to fame of kate bush yeah right yeah the sudden <laughs> rise to fame right yeah. um, Ooh, this new artist kate bush yeah. <laughs> there's other songs in running yeah. up the hill that are very good yeah Gosh. um but yeah she yeah she would have different different styles she was going after like there would be a different message in the lyrics and mm -hmm. it's like okay well this one is supposed to feel bright and shiny mm -hmm. and be like sonically very bright yeah so like top yeah. end and shine and mm -hmm. you know like it feels like a pop track and then this other thing where we're going dark this is going to be distorted and not necessarily in a like that sounds bad way but mm -hmm. in a like it's not going to have the top end sheen of like an ariana grande thing mm -hmm. and we're going to do things with textures and all of that to emphasize what it is that you're trying to do in the story okay. so those are the conversations that i like to have because hmm. um it's it's like painting and if you yeah. don't you know, understand what it is that you're painting, and it's, it's you know, not gonna make right. sense to the yeah. visual. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I like okay. to like usually have a pretty in-depth conversation about that, where they're probably wondering like, why would you care? You know, I think that's great though. It's an yeah. art form. Yeah, I mean, you're an artist. That's that's what you yeah. do. Yeah, it's a lot of buttons too. Well, that too. Yeah, <laughs> actors just so, push a lot of buttons. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what is your studio like now? Where, where do you base yourself out of? Yeah. The pandemic changed things for me, but, mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the studio I work at in, uh, Columbus here is Vaughn music studios and it's on mm -hmm. the West side of town mm -hmm. on Riverside. And that came about. Around... Yeah. I, I have heard of, they do lessons out of there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That came around like 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, I met the owner, Cindy, uh, she's a vocal coach mm -hmm. and, I was uh, freelancing around town at that point and um, a mutual friend told me, you know, hey, this this singer or this vocal coach is looking for somebody to record demos mm -hmm. for his students. So uh, it was, it's kind of funny because it was like, well, like what level are we talking about or whatever? Is it like, mm -hmm. you know, children or is it, does she have older artists? And she's got a little of everything, doesn't she? Yeah. 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 So, um, I was basically like, ah, I'm not doing anything. I'll go do it, even kids, whatever. And so I started doing those uh, those demos for her, and that started turning into more and more conversations with her. Mm -hmm. And she started um, kind of explaining like her her bigger vision for the for the company. And um, at that time, I had just gotten back from a music composition gig in Las Vegas mm -hmm. uh, with a friend of mine that was actually in that first band. Um, but I stayed with him for three months while we were working on this. Um, it was a video game project. That we, okay. We had to write like something like 60 cues for or something. So we were doing that and he had this beautiful girl living with him as a roommate mm -hmm. and like with he and his wife. And, uh, I was there for so long, like she and I would go, um, just hiking and stuff on the mm -hmm. weekends. And, uh, so we started dating long distance mm -hmm. and I came back to Ohio and then I started freelancing with Cindy. Um, and the relationship with Cindy started um, going well and like we were starting to do more things and mm -hmm. she was starting to uh, take some of her students that were more professional and making records and she 
had another section of, uh, she was in the basement of a jewelry building mm -hmm. and she rented out the other section and we turned it into like a makeshift studio um, nice. instead of having them travel up to my studio in Lexington or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I brought a lot of the gear down here and, um, we started making records that way. And then, uh, yeah, basically after a year of dating long distance, um, my wife, Laura and I just decided like, if we're going to, you know, do this and mm -hmm. probably do it. And I was like, well, I'm just doing these like random freelance things right now. She had a job uh, as a data scientist at hmm. HSBC in Las Vegas. Okay. So, um, yeah, she's way smarter than me too. Yeah, I bet too. Yeah. <laughs> a data scientist? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. He does something with data. So. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a lot of numbers and spreadsheets and yeah. graphs yeah. and yeah. they look nice. Code. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't get it. It's also going to be brilliant. I'm going to go do music. <laughs> right. I mean, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I decided to, to move out there. My thought was like, well, I can easily freelance in Las Vegas. There's mm -hmm. plenty of body work there or whatever, but not stuff that I wanted to be doing. But right. at that point, it was kind of whatever because mm -hmm. I was just doing anything I could for you know, a gig. But uh, when I was leaving, she basically said like, you stay full-time if you leave part-time and you can work remote. And I was like, hmm. that's a lot of trust. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Um, I got to go figure this thing out, though. So yeah. I'm going to go do that. And what we did was I, using like remote login software, and um, there was a piece of software called Source Connect where you could transfer full quality audio over the internet at the time. Okay. So I, before I left, I built a vocal booth um, with a laptop in it and had a stand, and like all the mics were kind of next to the booth. and she had a receptionist that I trained and I was like, if I call and ask for this mic, this is the one that you put on. If I ask you to turn up the preamp, it's this okay. knob. And so I would call in over um, Skype at the time mm -hmm. and using another piece of software, I could remote control the computer and run Pro Tools. Wow. It, and then hear everything okay. through this other audio mm -hmm. software. So I figured out this way for me to work from Las Vegas and in 2010, that was like not happening a lot or whatever. So that's like kind of, that's like now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was, it was nice to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, as we kept building, I, I started getting more involved with the business um, side of, of things and like doing more operations, working out like how are we doing accounting and, mm -hmm. and actually like flow with students and all of that. Um, and I had become more involved with the business. Uh, so my title went from like audio engineer to VP of operations. And she was like, you know, this is, you're going to be like the right hand person here or whatever. So she started okay. flying me back and forth, um, to do projects for like a week and do business development. And then I go back and do the remote thing. Mm -hmm. And then after about, um, a couple months of that, she was like, I want to grow the business. So let's go find a building. And, uh, I was like, okay, I can help you do that from here. And we'll see how long that lasts. Cause I don't know if I'll be back or whatever. Right. So, um, she found the building that she's in now. And they decided to get it, and she basically said, like, I want to gut this place and design something new from the beginning. Uh, so we started working with architects. Um, I was, you know, calling in over Skype for all of these meetings and stuff. But uh, when we got the building and broke down, uh, or broke ground, mm -hmm. um, I started coming back for, like, two weeks a month. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, making sure that contractors were doing things, as we right. said. And, we got a studio designer from Nashville that uh, came to help out with okay. the actual design of the place. Yeah. Um, it was nice because I got to say things like, I want to have a two-story drum room, you know, and all that. And they're like, well, we're getting the place, so sure. You know, so it was, 
Nice. It's awesome to design it. Yeah. Um, and she put a ton of faith in me, which I'm grateful mm -hmm. for. Uh, so yeah, we finished building it, and then she's like, "Well, I need somebody to be here to run it. You can't keep doing the remote things." So. Right. Uh, not necessarily, fortunately, but my wife had been laid off two months before mm. that call came yeah. or whatever. And so it was basically it's like, time. I got to go do this thing. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go? It's Ohio. We're like still weren't engaged. Sorry. Like, yeah, we got to fix corn. Corn? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, so luckily she said yes and okay. we came back here. All right. Yeah. So That's awesome. made a bunch of records in there for the next couple of years. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So what, if somebody wants to lay down an album, like what do they do? Where are their first steps? Yeah, usually it's um, calling and like just doing a meeting and, and chatting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, normally at that point, you probably got a lot of songs already, you know, What's, ready to go. What would be ideal? Um, the buggy situation was definitely ideal. Okay. You know, it's like but I mean, number of songs them. that they would have. Coming oh, um, it's... Man, that's that's a whole topic in itself because things mm. have changed so much. Uh, you know, it used to be, are you doing an EP? If you're just like starting out, you might do something shorter where it's like four to six songs, mm -hmm. just to give people a, a flavor of what the band's like, and then mm -hmm. later you would make a full length if you had, you know, kind of built up a following and everything. Right. Um, now it's it's changed so much because of the way that we consume music. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's conversation has been had many times but like now it's a lot of singles work. yeah so uh, people are coming in to just cut one song and then they'll come back after they've written the next song mm -hmm. because it's just a never-ending machine they right to keep feeding or whatever and uh still get people that respect kind of the old way of like when you make an album it's an album it's a body of work and mm -hmm. a moment in time of all mm -hmm. these songs and sometimes like the records I really love are conceptual and they have a theme running through yeah. them and all of that. And those are, those are amazing, but, uh, it's not the way that people listen to music. Mm -mm. Now, so it's, it's really changed a lot. Yeah. Depends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it depends if the artist is just like, I'm doing this because of this and I respect mm -hmm. the art or if they're just like, I just need to get stuff out to my fans so that they show up at right. my shows. Right. Yeah. I mean, something new. Today. Yeah. 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 The other thing is like it used to be that you would go out and tour to promote the record, mm -hmm. and now you promote put out the record, record to promote the, the tour. tour. Yeah. <laughs> so. But nice that we're back on tours again. Yes. You know yeah. to see live music again, and you know, we even had a little neighborhood band that played, and it was just like I have missed live music so much. Right. And just forgetting that we had this horrific year and a half, two years that nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, cool to see people in their living rooms playing music, but yeah. no. Yeah. There were seldom we've done well and it was okay. yeah, tricky. You just felt like I'm just doing this because I have to do something. Right. And you need something, so here we are. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Who's your who's your band that you're gonna go see play? Who's your next live act that you're mm. gonna go see? Um I think Duran Duran. Okay. Can Where are they, they playing? The uh, the Wonder Bus this summer. I think it's in um, July or August. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That might be neat. I do. That's <laughs> another band that I've liked as an adult and hated as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It took me. Duran Duran took me a little time. Yeah. Yeah. I think Cannons is playing that show too. That's also. Okay. About that. yeah. I did see Cheryl Crow was coming. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think I could have gotten free tickets this morning. I didn't do that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I love Cheryl. That's right. nice. She's okay. She's right. 
Best band you've ever seen live, ever. Yeah, oh, yeah? No, which one? Oh, what best band I've ever seen live. Yeah. Um, oh, great question. Uh, so they're probably like formative concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one was U2 at the Ohio Stadium. Okay. Um, that was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another one, a band that I have not listened to in over a decade easily, but I went to Woodstock 99 mm-hmm. and Korn was headlining okay. one of the nights yep. and we were standing next to the sound tower. And I remember people were packed in so tightly and the entire crowd was just like jumping up and down. Oh we weren't gosh. jumping, but we were packed so tight that like our we're feet jumping. were coming off the ground. Oh and we were like, if we fall, we're dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. That yeah. was a, I just remember like the sound of that and the experience of it just being like completely incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Just so powerful, basically. What's yeah. A K? Yeah. Backward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't even a huge fan at the time. I was no. just like, I can't believe how much power is coming off of the stage yeah. and the, the audience experience and everything. Mm-hmm. And the movement was insane. So. I always find that it's the concert experience is probably similar to like musical theater experiences. It's not just the show. Yeah. It's what the body actually being there and being a part of it. And yeah. The things that you feel and sense. Uh, that again, that's what yeah. I love about it. And what yeah. I miss so much about it. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Yay, we're back. Okay, right. Let's stay there. Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. Well, tell tell yeah. people where they can find you, social media, and all that good stuff. And yeah. uh, Instagram <laughs> is at mark underscore abrams underscore audio okay um mark abrams mixing.com is my site von music studios.com is another site uh it's gonna be a lot of a lot of links and shout them out that's what we do i uh i'm also a uh content manager for a site called puremix.net okay and we teach people how to make records oh sweet videos and stuff very nice yeah yeah it's a lot of fun cool Well, thanks for coming yeah. on and chatting. Thanks and for having me. Hopefully this wasn't yeah. too painful. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. So fun talking to you. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. nobody walks away like that was awful, painful, <laughs> terrible. I doubt it. This yeah, is too fun. Yeah. Sorry. No, you guys said the Mario thing. Thank you for coming on. And I know. The Mario helps too. Yeah. So. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at Hey, this is Krista from Speak Easily with Krista Stoffer. We're really glad that you checked out this podcast. There's a lot of other great podcasts that you will really enjoy listening to on the Boxland Podcast Network, such as 3D20, It's All Been Done Before, and Legacy Media. Be sure to check these other podcasts out and support local podcasting.